Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super-fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome back to another episode of the Paddle and Fin Noobs podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Susie Q. And I'm your other host, Sean. Welcome back. And uh, you can see my lovely background here. Yeah, you got some <laughs> swanky uh, places that you stay for these tournaments. I know, I it's pretty bougie today. Uh, <laughs> it's actually not real. Uh, I'm uh, actually recording from a hotel room right now because uh, tomorrow I've got a uh, tournament. I'm up in Wisconsin today. Uh, pre-fishing for a uh, grassroots club, uh, KBL. Uh, we're fishing on Rock Lake uh, tomorrow, so I did some pre-fishing today, and uh, it was pretty interesting. Um, never fished this lake before, uh, pretty crystal clear, and uh, caught a bunch of small fish, nothing real big. Caught a pike, a giant crappie. And yeah, so it's going to be pretty interesting to see what happens tomorrow. So nice. Yeah. You know, and then you, you were saying the weather just sounds really goofy, too. Uh, I'm sure like, <laughs> I'm, I'm, it almost sounds like to me that would put them in a funk. But if you're catching them, then they're obviously not minding it too bad. Right. Well, you know, I'm with what I was catching today, I'm thinking it was mainly the bucks because a uh, word was is they were sitting on beds last week. Uh, water temps were probably in like the mid 60s, higher 60s. And, um, you know, this week we could see the beds. Nobody's home. And uh, it's lower 60s now. Uh, it got up to about maybe 63 today. Wind was blowing. I know yesterday the wind was really blowing. 
And then today it was, I think, gusting up to about 17, sustained at about like 10 or 11. Tomorrow's supposed to be a lot more calmer. So whether or not that changes the bite, though, I, you know, we'll see. So, but, you know, regardless, I'm up here in Wisconsin. It's beautiful up here. Weather's nice. High the 70s. So can't complain too much. Yeah, sounds like it's going to be a nice day for the tournament anyway. That's so. right. That's right. <clears throat> so we've got an awesome guest uh, for our show today. Uh, another awesome lady, that is. Um, I first met uh, this lady at uh, one of the women's events. Um, I met her first um not at the last women's event, but the one previous when we were up in, I think it was Wisconsin, when we were up at uh, La Crosse. So if you guys all would help me welcome the one and only Mrs. Scylla Johnson. Hi guys. Hello. <laughs> Thanks for joining us today. Well, me. I'm super excited. My first time with you guys, so <laughs> yeah, it's the first one of the year. Coming. I haven't done any podcasts in a while, so this is great. Awesome, <laughs> yeah. Well, welcome, welcome. Thanks for uh, coming on the show with us. So, I uh, thought I'd give you the chance to kind of introduce yourself, tell us where all you're from, you know, how you got into kayak fishing, where you're at with it now, and all that fun stuff. Sure. Um, so I live right outside of D.C. in Northern Virginia. So I did not grow up here. I'm a Navy brat. I've kind of lived. I'm half Filipino. I've lived in the Philippines. I've lived in San Diego. I've lived in Norfolk, born in Florida, you know, back to the Philippines. I moved to Virginia um, from the Philippines. Um, my parents were divorced and or got divorced. And my mom started dating um, my now stepfather. And they lived in Front Royal, Virginia, which is on the other side of the tip of Virginia. Um, and so I grew up, he taught me how to fish. Um, I was about 15 then taught me how to fish the Shenandoah river for smallmouth. Um, live bait. I had to catch my own algamites. I had to, you know, mad toms, night crawlers, whatever it was. We caught our own. Um, my dad used to take the algamites and let him pinch on his ears and wear them as earrings. I would never do that. I would never do that. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I just kind of fell in love with it then. And then, you know, here I am, just turned my last year in my 40s. So I won't say the number. Um, <laughs> like two days ago. And and I, it, it's just something that I've always liked to do. Um, with my ex-husband, we would go out and go fishing. Um, the we, we divorced and my husband now is not an outdoorsy person. He was an athlete. And so I would go hit ponds and do all those things by myself. And I knew the, you know, the chance of ever having a boat was probably never going to happen because no way he was going to do that. Um, so, you know, I was just happened to be on social media one day and some friends of our, some friends of mine were, um, you know, fishing in a lake they you're not supposed to be fishing in. And I'm like, first of all, how are you getting in there? Because, <laughs> uh, you know, there's, there's monsters in there. Um, and they're like, well, we park over here and we have these kayaks and we go into the creek and, you know, get access to the lake. And I'm like, kayaks, brilliant. Like I can totally do that. Cause I don't need a big boat to, you know, be able to do that. I probably could have got a boat or something. Um, so I, uh, I told my husband that I wanted for my birthday that was coming up a uh, fishing kayak. I did not know anything about fishing kayaks. Um, you know, I just knew, you know, there's this kayak. 
He went to Dick's. He got me a little 10 foot sit in Pelican. Weighed only, it was 30 pounds. So I was like, yeah, I can handle it myself. Um, and I had a rod holder. So I was like, yes. Um, and then I joined some fish kayak fishing groups uh, online. And I, and then you know, they were really taking snakehead fishing and I went out and they have a predator and a Jackson and a couple of Jacksons. <laughs> You know, they're all standing up and I'm sitting in this thing. There's no banks because everything is just like marshes and, and stuff. So trying to get out to go to the bathroom was <laughs> not going to happen. So um, on top of trying to have to go to the bathroom the whole day, you know, they're, they're standing and they're like, you know, there's a lot of sight fishing when it comes to snakehead fishing. And, and I'll go into some of that snakehead fishing in a bit. But um, they're, like, they're like, oh, look at that one. Look at that one. Throw over there. I'm like, I can't see anything. I'm sitting <laughs> feet down in the water <laughs> like they're just not gonna happen you know and they're paddling back and their paddles are so you know their paddling is so smooth and they're trekking so straight and you know they're going twice three times the distance i'm going and i'm like what the hell is so that lasts about five months before i upgraded um i happened to be going out with a friend of mine at that time um, who just was doing his maiden voyage on his vibe kayak and uh, I was like, okay, well, that's not a crazy price for it. You know, I, I didn't know much at that time anyway. Uh, I knew I wasn't going to go out and spend $5,000 on, on you know, anything at that point. So I'm like, I saw the weights and I was like, oh, yeah, that's not going to happen. Yep. Funny how, because that's where I'm at now. But um, <laughs> so I had that for, you know, I, I had that for a while. There wasn't a lot of women, especially in this area. Um, you know, out there, Christina, obviously, Susie and, um, you know, um, Rebecca Golden at the time, um, you know, reached out to her, rest in peace, um, wonderful woman, um, you know, chatted with them a lot, um, just kind of reached out to other women anglers that were doing, you know, the kayak fishing thing. Um, I kind of, you know, got on the Vibe team pretty quick. I was there for a few years. I made it over to Bonafide. Um, and just recently last year, I moved over to Jackson Kayaks because I, I was wanting to maybe go into Hobie. I went to ICAST last year, uh, worked at Torquedo Booth, one of my sponsors, and Jameson Redding's NAR, Jackson NAR was there. And I was like, wow, like the tri-track thing, the deck space that I need because snakeheads are just, you know, I didn't have that in some of my other, my kayaks. And so I said, that's, that's, you know, I think that's the route I want to go. And they're, you know, the VP of, um, uh, one of the VPs at Jackson, Richard Penny was there. He's like, well, you just let us know what you want. Like, you know, if you want to come over, we'll make it happen. And then I ran to the dugout folks. And so now I am proudly, um, representing Jackson kayaks through dugout bait and tackle, which I'm extremely happy about. Cause awesome. Very really cool. Good. Very cool. Yeah, really good friends with all those folks and obviously Christine and Emily and a bunch of the ladies that we, we do, you know, WFF, the Women's Fishing Federation. So little quick little story about how I got to where I am. So, so yeah, my kayak empty weighs 140 pounds now. So <laughs> Wow, I didn't realize the NAR was that heavy. Yeah, it is. And um, yeah, I, I strictly trailer. I just got a Yak Attack, um, one of the new carts. So I'm super excited. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. There are a few snakehead spots that I do have to like, you know, cart in. And um, my husband lost our wilderness cart because he went to this lake and hit it in the woods thinking no one would get it. Got <laughs> it. <laughs> it was in like wow. really high grass, you know, and I was like, you know, that cart costs like $250. Oh, no. Yeah. 
and uh, that that uh, nar is not going to work with a sea tug, which is what you know my little spare one that I had. So I was happy. I'm really happy that the new Yakutex. I'm excited to get that out so I can be able to to cart when I want to and get some of those really back areas of the snakehead. Nice. So, yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Here I am, and what I said I wasn't going to be in, but yeah. <laughs> I know, right? Crazy how life works out like that in mysterious ways. I know. I know. <laughs> I like it. You're the right. launching from a from a trailer is just so much faster now. Oh, too. Especially yeah. tournament day. I, I did my first tournament a few weeks ago, and I was like getting there early, just having everything rigged up and just throwing it in the water. Putting it in, yeah, out. that like, sounds really nice. And not yeah. having to lift it up into my truck bed after the mm -hmm. hours. Man, I've been missing out. So yeah. Yeah, it saves your back. It saves so oh. much time, and it's just, it's pretty nice. It is. Yeah, big fan. Big fan. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, so that's that's a little bit about me. Um, I do fish, um, you know, freshwater. I'll do a little saltwater when I go down to Florida to visit. Um, I will fish for bass in the, you know, winter season. Um, I live off the Potomac River, um, which is a tidal, tidal water. Um, you know, a lot different because the, the fishing conditions change every 30 minutes and you kind of, kind of know, you know, it's full of hydrilla, mostly shallow. Um, just kind of knowing a lot of, a lot of spatter docks or pads um, and uh, water willow. Um, so the majority of the, the warm weather I'm fishing and targeting snakeheads unless I'm in a tournament. So. Very cool. Interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah so you definitely have a, a, very rapidly changing and variety of environments. Yes. <laughs> Very much so. <laughs> <laughs> Very much. We I, I feel like we could do an episode on tidal fishing alone, you know, just because that's that's like a mystery to me. Every time I get I just fished um a uh, a tournament last weekend on the Chesapeake Bay, like in the Habit of Grace area in Maryland. Mm -hmm. And Upper Bay. they're all they're all like I was in a group of boats fishing and then all of a sudden everybody left. And I was like, well, where'd they go? And here it was because <laughs> they knew the tide was changing yeah. and I didn't know. And I'm like, okay. So I'm like, I guess I'll go over here now. The key to it is really knowing where the channels are and the channels can be this deep within some grass or whatever, you know? And if there is any laydowns or anything off of that, they will reload off that all day long. I could, There's a spot that it could just be like two feet of water. But they will cruise down there and there's this big log that lays on the bank and they'll just hang out there. I'll just throw like, I'll throw a T, uh, Ned rig, right? With a little bit of weight on it. Top of the, the channel in front of that log and I'll just let the tide just pull it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just yeah. yank them out of there. Interesting. So, yeah. And, and, you know, what's working for you, at, great for one minute, 30 minutes later, it's going to be different. Especially Completely when the tide different. So, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that uh, there was a, a gentleman I was fishing with who was trying to explain it to me, and I, uh, I'm like, I, I don't have enough brain space right now. I'm like, he's like, oh, it's better to fish the incoming low tide than the outgoing high. And I was like, well, wait, I thought all incoming is low. And he's like, no, no, no. And then one tide's higher than the next. And I was like, uh, yeah, tidal swings. If you look at a tides app, and if the if the if the mountain on the tides app is real steep. That's a fat, it's pushing a lot of water in and pushing a lot of water out and it sparks a lot of movement, right? With the, with the fish. But if it's a slow, 
you know, it's, it's not pushing as much in. And also, um, you know, quick little thing that I like to tell people is when you're fishing, um, you know, we have just, just huge areas off the banks or even the tree lines that are full of just lots of vegetation, you know, not, not, you know, subaquatic, but just like the bigger ones. And, and in these bass, I mean, I've, I can catch them in six inches of water. They'll, they'll just keep going up. So in high tides, you want to fish, you know, when the tide is moving and they're, and they're coming up and the water's rising at that grass, you want to stay on those grasses, points and everything like that, because they're going to, they're going to push up as far as you can. And when it's okay. coming out, they're going to come all back out. So you want to like fish them, you know, kind of there. But when it's like severely low where they, you know, those areas, they can't, they're going to be in those deeper little channels. I mean, there are bigger channels, but I tend to fish the really skinny stuff. So. Gotcha. So how and where do fish spawn? There's some flats. There's some flats, yeah. you know, but they're mostly in, you know, super shallow areas or just, yeah, it's, it's just kind of different here. I don't really know exactly. Um, just the, the water's moving all the time. So they got to go yeah. find maybe up creeks and find where there's a, some flats of, of non-moving mm -hmm. water. Like snakeheads, mm -hmm. they don't want any, if there's any disturbance on the water from wind or anything, they don't, or current coming like that, not current as in tide, but like a lot of flow. They don't mm -hmm. like, that. they want it to be as mm -hmm. dirty and, you know, just the, they'll sunbathe. I mean, I've literally put my kayak right on top and then, Right, you know, then they spook and hit my my kayak and go over there. <laughs> they're very smart and then they're really dumb. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I, I think they just probably go up into the creeks, into the because, like I said, most of this like Potomac River areas, it's it's pretty shallow. There's not too many deep areas, at least not where I go. So mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, very cool. And I know, you know, we were talking a little bit before the show that there is a lot of misunderstanding out there about snakeheads. And, uh, you know, you, you mentioned that you uh, had started a group and I know we'll put that group in the show notes, but can you uh, share what that group is? And then, you know, so that folks can go and check that out. Yeah, it's a uh, DMV Northern Snakehead Fishing. DMV stands for DC, Maryland, Virginia. So um, I started that group quite a few years ago. Um, because everybody, you know, even everybody outside of this area, when they're, they're like, oh, snakeheads are, you know, they were found here. They're horrible. Except for people who like fishing. All of us are want to just catch them. Um, so, you know, this was a fish, you know, yes, it's invasive. So 
so are, so are largemouth bass in this area. They're not a native fish. Um, they, they don't eat small children. Uh, <laughs> they don't walk on land to go into your pond. Um, a, a lot of this is just, you know, can they live out of water? Yes. So they are air breathers and they actually rely on air. Um, if they do not breathe air underwater, they will drown. Or if they don't get air, they will come up like turtles. They'll drown. Um, so they have extremely long, you know, they have a, a very long body. And a lot of that swim bladder runs the length of that body. So they're able to come up like a turtle, gulp a whole bunch of air, and then go down and stay down for a while. So every now and then you'll see some bubbles, you know, at the, at, at the surface. And it's probably a snakehead, you know, hanging out, just taking a, you know, letting some air out down there. Um, so we call it snakehead, you know, um, hunting versus fishing a lot. Um, but it's, it's, uh, they don't, they don't do any of that. You know, I, like I mentioned before, I, I've seen pictures of bass with, you know, baby ducks, you know, in their, in their gut, you know, in their throat and, um, you know, all kinds of different like snakes and, you know, I, I, I mean, I've, I've opened up some, I've, you know, with DWR, um, Department of Wildlife Resources, I go electroshocking with them. We open them up. The majority of things that I see are like banded killifish. I never really see anything really big. Um, so, you know, they've been studying it. The first one was found in May 2004, Dogue Creek. Um, uh, I'm sorry, Little Hunting Run here in uh, Alexandria, Virginia. And John Odenkirk, who is the lead fisheries biologist and snakehead specialist, uh, he's been studying them. He went to that call and he's, he's been studying them ever since. So I go on some ride alongs with them and, and learn a lot uh, about, uh, you know, about the species. And, um, you know, it's funny when we catch them, we don't, we don't put them in a, a live well, we just put them in the bottom of the boat. And they, they have like, a, a, there's some things on my Instagram, some, ridiculous slime coating which is kind of like a defense thing that's if they're out of water that's what helps keep them um you know wet moisturized whatever but when you catch them it's it's a mess it's a disaster (laughs) (laughs) so well i know uh uh, i i live in pennsylvania uh on the susquehanna it's about 15 miles away from me but yeah and 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 it's it's a huge thing it's a huge topic like anytime you talk to anybody on the river now it's Oh, did you hear the snake ups, snakeheads are getting up this far? And like, yeah. I know I was telling Susie, uh, uh, Conowingo Dam, which is south of me. Yeah, they're definitely they, there. Yeah. They just shut off the fish ladders because they were afraid that they were going to, you know, go on the fish ladders yeah. up and above the dam. And, you know, that the rumor is that, you know, that's already happened, that, that they're already in the, you know, our part of the Susquehanna. We have a local lake near us that uh, there has been official, you know, I, I, I don't know how they got into the lake, but. You know, because mm-hmm. it's not fed by, you know, a river, a creek or the river or anything. So it almost, you know, they must have been put there. But, uh, you know, and, and in the when you see people post, you know, initially people are like, oh, I don't believe it. But then I actually saw pictures and people with mm-hmm. of recognizable landmarks on this lake. And and then so that starts right away, starts the whole thing. Oh, well, did you kill it? You know, and well, if you catch one, you got to kill it, you know, and you can't just throw it on the land because it'll walk around and survive. So you, you got to stab it in the head, you know, and it, it's just, they, it, people go nuts. They really well, do. They, yeah. They, they come up with, it's like the Loch Ness monster sometimes. So they come up with, you know, um, 
So yeah, there there are some regulations. You know, um, initially DWR wanted you to catch or kill everyone you catch, and if you go to the DWR website, it will tell you you can kill it. Um, and you can, um, but you don't have to. Right. So now, when since all this research has been you know happening for so many years now. They don't see this fish being any, you know, not destructive to the ecosystem, our local ecosystem at all. Um, so they are allowing, you know, catch and release. Um, but you have to catch where you catch it is where you release it. You cannot possess a live snakehead. Period. End of story. You cannot. You will get a fine. It's a misdemeanor charge. Um there was somebody that was actually caught um, transporting, or I think he did transport, and he, I think he was boasting about it on social media, and it got back to DWR. So yeah, he had a case against him, and he got he got um, arrested for that. Yeah, so a little crazy. Um, so yes, you can release them. Don't pick it up and go release it in your pond. That's illegal. Um, you can kill it if you want. Um, I heard they did eating too. They are amazing. So, um, and and they and that they are very hard to kill. They are very resilient um, fish. <laughs> and um, they're if you want to kill, they have a the males have darker color, the females have the brighter color, and the younger ones. If you pull their fins up, that go along the top and the bo uh, bottom of their body, the, the length of it. Um, the darker they are, those are the males. And they also have like a bigger skull. Um, and the females have more of a flatter kind of profile base. Um, with the males, especially the double, the dragons, the, we, we call the double digit ones. Anything that weighs is over 10 pounds, we call those dragons. That's what most of the people around here are on the hunt for. Um, you have to bang their skull. <laughs> I've heard that. And I have... One of the things I use is this AFCO fish bat. Nice. I don't know if you guys can hear how this is. Actually, yeah. So this is made by AFCO. And it's That's got, awesome. It's got a nice rounded side, but it's also got this see if you know, the nice flat side. Mm -hmm. And it's, yeah. Is it so, kind of more for the end of my, like, when I had a stakeout pole before I had a, a micro power pole. Or um, I take my, you know my paddle apart and I'm trying to hit it with like, you know, carbon <laughs> shaft is not, you know, it's, it's light, but it wasn't doing anything. And I just pump it like this. And so then I ran across this at West Marine. I'm like, Oh yeah. So there's a lot of snakehead slime on this one. <laughs> nice. But yeah. That's all fun. Heck yeah. Um, and they are, uh, like I said, so they're extremely slimy. So even just trying to hold on to them, you can't put your hands in their mouth. Right. Mm. Um, you know, if you, so, so one way is to bash their head in. Um, and another way is to strip their gills. When you strip their gills, they are bleeders and they will bleed all over your, <laughs> I mean, like hemorrhaging, bleeding. Like it's, yeah, it's, it looks like a crime scene. A lot of times there's some Instagram pictures of their was like, Oh my, you know, our stories, I think it looks real. So I think it looks like a crime scene in here, just blood splatter everywhere. <laughs> um, so I use, um, this is an interesting little thing. Um, it is. There's a lot of blood on it. Um, <laughs> it is a, uh, a diver's 
clip for when people that go spear fishing or people that goes, you know, you know, I guess I don't know, diving for I guess spear fishing. Um, so they, you know, they put this through the gills and the mouth of the fish, and then they clip it here and then they clip it onto their body and they fish with it, hoping the shark doesn't eat it. But it comes in handy for me is I put this through their um to their through their gills out through their mouth and then I you know clip it and I put my foot down on it and then I bang their head out if I'm gonna keep them. <laughs> or if I'm not gonna if I'm not even if I don't um keep it and I'm going to release it, it's easier for me in pictures to be able mm -hmm. to just, you know have this control because I've lost them, you know, just trying to take a picture or anything like that if I release them. So this is a little safety net and I keep this like carabine to my to my boat. And Josh Evans, my a friend of mine, Josh Evans, he saw this and he was like, that is brilliant. I'm he said he bought one of them too. Um, and it's good for like crappy. You can just load crappy all around it, you know? So Heck like, yeah. That yeah. and it's good for um it's good for king salmon too. There you go, yeah. It's very sturdy. It's very yes. sturdy. And those those snakeheads aren't coming off that. And so I um I have a few snakehead fillets that I would kind of want to share with you guys because everyone yes. says, oh, they taste good. But I just want you to see how thick. Wow. That's these like a steak. Like, are about Dang. It's kind of like cod, but yeah. So this is, mm -hmm. this is only like, um, this is not even a full one side of one of the snakeheads. Holy wow. cow. Yeah. So like, this is the, the smaller part. But yeah, big, thick, you know, and you know, the majority of people, they, you know, throw it on some cornmeal or whatever, flour and fry it. Um, I found that there's so much you can do with this big flaky, just fresh fish like this. And so I actually have another Facebook group called Snakehead Recipes where people can get a little, you know, more creative with their culinary talents using snakeheads. Um, nice. you know, there's, there's some folks in there, you know, of Asian descent that have shared diff different, like very cool soups or curries and stuff that they've done. Oh, very cool. Um, yeah, my husband he was not going to eat it. You know, he's seen me fillet these things out in the driveway, and he was just <laughs> disgusted. You know that first of all, that I even know how to do that, but thanks to my dad, <laughs> he taught me. Um, and to DWR, because um, I, it's always been you know crappy that I filleted, not make it. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I do a Korean gochujang glazed, uh, filet, um, you know, kind of do a little cornstarch, do a light, uh, pan sear. Um, so it gets a nice little crispy, you know, crust on it. And then I do a, a little mixture of gochujang and honey, just like a sweet and spicy, um, and honey and oyster sauce, fish sauce. And, um, you know, and, and garlic and I, and I put all that up and then put it under the broiler and let that caramelize. Oh. My husband loves it. So, sounds amazing. He is now a big snakehead eater. He loves it. Um, nice. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a really good fish. They grow very fast. Um, you know, um, a, a one year old could be, you know, a good, you know, like this big in the first year. Um, they also spawn twice a year. So oh, wow. usually around June and again around August, September timeframe. So, What's yeah. the average lifespan of them? Do you know? I don't think they know yet. I don't oh, think okay. they know. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think I, that's a good question. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm due out for a trip with them soon. I'm going to ask that question. Yeah. yeah. I tend to go Facebook live when I, when I go out with them. 
um, in our DNV uh, Northern State Ed group because there's a lot of people, you know, they'll ask questions. They don't get the opportunity to go out, um, but there's a lot of questions that they have. And, and John Odenkirk is, is, you know, he is an extremely smart and knowledgeable man when it comes to this or any other species out there. But, you know, these are obviously his favorites. And he can, I mean, he gets goes into really big scientific details, but he knows the stuff. That's so. awesome. Cool. Yeah. We'll have to look him up and have him on too. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be great. I can, I can literally give him your info or give you his oh. info. You would be happy to do that. He loves, he is an amazing, I think there's some YouTube, some other people up there that have done videos with him, but he is an amazing resource to, to chit chat about. Okay. Yeah. That would definitely be cool. Yeah. Cause yeah, we're always looking to have, you know, new people on, especially, mm -hmm. you know, something like that too, just to have like, you know, more educational stuff yeah, like that too. Yeah. And I've learned so much from him, you know, and I, you know, go out and questions. I mean, it's, it's amazing. The first time I went electroshocking and to see, um, it, it, the, the, the way that each fish reacts to the shock, mm -hmm. um, from the boats, you know, some fish are, you know, go top and they, duh, 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 you know, like little, little <laughs> dance and go away. And the little ones kind of like, um, <laughs> are so dense, you know, and they react completely different than the other huh. ones. And when I go out, we're strictly looking for snakeheads. And mm. what happens is you get a blip of them, just the underside where it's light and they sink. They just wow. sink to the bottom. So when we go out, you know, Mike is, is Mike is the driver. He's really good. He runs up into the pads and runs up into the banks with the with the little things. And um, John, I usually get to sit in the stand in the middle, the front at the bow of the boat. And John and Robbie are here, and they have these big long nets. And as soon as either one of them gets a, a, a little glimpse, they're down in that mud, you know, everything trying to to find them because they just sink and then they go off. You know, it, it, you got, they got to do it like that. Like sometimes I'm like, how do you even see these? Like you know, obviously yeah, wow. And they're so good at it. It's just amazing to sit there and, and watch them do that. Oh, wow. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. It, it just it, it boggles my mind how they even figured out how to shock water without shocking themselves in the boat. <laughs> as long as they're not in the water. Yeah. Right. Yeah. As long as they're not in the water. And one time we went up on the bank and like it, it was like really almost up on the um on the shore. John's just a rebel and he was like, turn it off. And he jumped in the water. I was like, you know, trying to, to pull it out of the, out of the weeds. And I'm like, what's happening? Like, like to yourself. But no, he's, he's a beast. He's really good. Um, it is just amazing to sit, sit and watch them. You know, I don't think they ever need to go to the gym, just trying to, you know, oh, and yeah. it's, it's, it, there's a lot of disappointment. Like we see, they see one and they're down in there, but you know, they pull up just really thick, gross mud and leaves, which they mm -hmm. thrive on. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's a blast wow so i was gonna i was gonna ask so like if if someone wanted to actually go out targeting snakehead like and, and is this a time of year thing or or where would you start like yeah. what would you throw like what's your best guess on that like if if someone wanted to say i want to go catch my first snakehead and and they're they're somewhat confident they're in the right area anyway because i mean obviously they're not everywhere but i mean you had any of the tributaries off the potomac river is, is your best chance. And that's, you know, it, it, that's, that's where you want to look at it. If you want, if you go out, um, if, if it's again, the Potomac is tidal. So if it's, if it's hot, if it's high tide, 
they're going to be way up in that grass, way up in the grass where you can't get, you'll hear them just, it, it sounds like, you know, two seals back there just fighting or something. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're really loud. Um, and then as that tide recedes, obviously it's going to push them out. They're going to be either on the bank if there's water. Then they, And I, I mean, I've caught them in six inches of super clear water. Um, okay. They don't like anything with current. If there's any ripple on the top, they probably, you know, are going to go where there's not any current or any disturbance. Um, they like to just, you know, sit and just chill. You know, they, they cruise, obviously. Yeah, but they... They find isolated pads, you know, you know, on the river. That's probably a, a good, you know, chance. Um, any little pockets along the bank of, you know, water willow. They love water willow. They love the spatter dock, which are, are the pads. Um, you know, any of the subaquatic uh, vegetation, the SAV, the, the hydrilla, the milfoil. You know, they'll they'll sit in there. I've one time I was, just kind of, positioned on top of some hydrilla. And I was, you know, rigging something. And I, I just happened to look over to the side. There's just one staring at me. And as soon as we locked eyes, it was gone. You know, they're, they're pretty funny. But yeah, so any of the tributaries of the Potomac, um, you know, when the water dips below 50, um, you know, they, they come from, you know, a, a warm area. They, they, when the water dips below 50, they, they just bury down into the mud. Um, they, take, they come out every now and then, take some breath, maybe eat a little bit, and then they just bury back down. Um, they don't come out. Very, they're not chasing baits. Um, they're they're very opportunistic. So, you know, there's a few times that they will chase things. I've, I've had that happen. But a lot of times they just want it to be like, <laughs> you know. So there's a lot of um, there's a lot of casting out, just retrieving, but looking somewhere else to see if they're popping their head out. Uh, seeing if I see any bubbles, like they're breathing from underneath, or if there's fry, there's probably parents guarding it. You could throw a, you know, weightless uh, fluke or a worm or anything, you know, Texas rigged into there. And those parents, they guard their fry and they'll circle and they're very, very, very protective of them. And then they'll, they'll um, um, attack anything that tries to get to their babies. Um, so, you know, topwater frogs are great, you know, Obviously, you know, with frogs, once you get them down, wait to three to set that hook. Um, if you what's really interesting is if you miss that on a frog, you miss a you miss a you get a blow up and you miss it. Um, if it's not a bass and it's a snakehead, let's say it's here, you just cast back out over it and then pop it slowly through that strike zone that you got to hit. Probably going to hit it again. They don't. They hmm. won't. A lot of times, at, you know, us three or four times, five times, they'll probably go away. But you still have multiple chances to get on that through that strike zone, which is wow. a little bit yeah. different than most fish. If you don't get any more hits, it was probably a bass. But yeah, the, so that that makes that interesting. So yeah, that's my advice is, um, you know, way up in the tributaries, know the tides, you know. Um, if it's early in the season, um, you know, I tend to throw, you know, Z-Man jackhammers. That's, you know. I, I've caught them on jackhammers and, you know, swim jigs, um, buzz baits. They like loud and noisy, loud and noisy. So anything like that. But just if you do buzz baits, you're not going to use that buzz bait ever again because they will come <laughs> And they, I will, number one thing is if you do ever catch a snake, please do not stick your hands in its mouth because yep. they do have teeth. Um, they're not really big teeth. They're not musky teeth. Uh, they're, you know, they have several like rows of just scatter snaggle tooth teeth, um, but they have lock jaw and um, 
if you are targeting, like go to go to bed, go to Bass Pro or, you know, Amazon or something, buy yourself a cheap pair of two, $3 jaw spreaders, because it's really hard to get your frog or whatever back out of their mouth. Um, you, you, you really have to get in there and pry it, pry it open and, you know, to be able to do that. Um, yeah, so that and, um, you know, if you catch it, you're not going to keep it. Make sure you release that because you do not want to get, you do not want to get caught with that in your, in your live well at all. So but my, my, um, my husband's friend actually was fishing a tournament and he caught one. And he was just like grossed out by it. And he was like, you guys want it? We're like, yeah. So he brings it to the house and pulls it out alive. It's alive. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? You don't bring this to my house alive. Oh my God. He would have got pulled over. <laughs> He just had it in his live well. I'm like, I didn't know. I'm like, no, that's enough. Get that thing away. Like, you know, so yeah, I had to kill it right here. Um, <laughs> let me see what else. Yeah, I guess. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay. Have you ever uh, found any frog that is more resilient to uh, a stick and strike or, cause I know some of them can get torn up pretty easily, but. I haven't really, I mean, I like to tackle frogs. I mean, the, the only thing that you may lose is the paddle in the back or like, you know, the honkers or anything like that, like the, the little blades, but for the most part, I mean, it'll, it'll pull the, the, the frog off, off, you know, your hooks and you just get back. I haven't, not, no, I've had one of the black uh, tuckle frogs that had, you know, it got torn up. But that's the only time I've ever thrown away. Okay, had cool. Really, really throwing yeah. away, so. But I mean, I mean, I've gotten pretty good at, you know, I think the more damage is not from the fish. It's trying to get it out of its mouth. You're probably going to damage it more by trying every angle to get it in and out. And it, yeah, it's, that's the hardest part. Yeah. Yeah. And I always put it in my net. Like, you've got to have a net. And then when I put when I get the net, I set it on the on the deck of my boat, and I put my my foot down to lock it in because it's it's just gonna they'll fly everywhere. You lose your rod and reel, like 
people use, you know, like the orange fish grips and they put it in and they don't lock them to their thing and it flips and oh, there's fish grips gone, you know. Like, <laughs> There's there's quite a few I think snakehead going around with people's fish grips in them. <laughs> um, yeah, like what's that weird orange thing swimming through the water there? <laughs> Someone's bobber sank. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's uh, it, it is a joy, and it's like I feel blessed, like that you know they are here, and then you know I fell in love with them the, the first time I I caught one, um, and I've been hooked ever since. So even in the, the, again, the, the, just spreading the word that you don't have to. Right. No, and that, I, 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 that's one of the things I wanted to highlight and that's why I wanted to bring that up, you know, mm -hmm. and I think the more awareness you can get out, cause I think a lot of people are dealing with, or uh, relying on old information, you know, where, mm -hmm. oh yeah, this is going to completely wreck our fishery. Whereas yeah. that there's been new studies and stuff that that's not the case. And yeah, and, some of them know, aren't even new studies. They're just, people are not knowledgeable enough. Yep. Right. You know, people are just not knowledgeable enough. And it's if 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 people take the time to read and, you know, like even just joining in my DMV group, like one of the rules is, are you knowledgeable about, you know, the, the you know, catch and release, you know, or kill of the of the species? Because we don't want I mean, it was people coming in there, you know, and it was like, oh, I can't believe you, you know, and it was it was it was we don't want any of that. Like, it's yeah. fine. You want to if you want to release it, it's perfectly legal, you know. Now other states may have different rules, but in Virginia, that that's the rule here. Yeah. Gotcha. Yep. 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 What's the biggest uh, snakehead you've ever caught? Mine is thirteen and a half pounds. Well, yes, still nice. Yeah, thirty-three and a half inches. Wow. So I was to break that one, and I didn't. I I wasn't even. I was taking somebody, good friend of mine, Wayne. I was taking him out, teaching him, and I got um, the spatter dock. It was like a just a sandy bank, maybe a foot deep, and I was trying to take him to like this open pad, you know, area in the pad field. But we had to go through this really skinny side of the bank. The pads don't go all the way to the bank, and I was just I was standing up, and I was moving along. <clears throat> and I was throwing the frog out and I was talking to him and reeling in. And I was like, Oh my God, look at those two. There was two big, like three pound bass just coming at my, my kayak. Um, and then they went off into the things. So I was like, Oh my God, that was so cool. Boom. As I was retrieving and talking, it hit it. And I was like, Oh my God. Well, I filmed a snakehead show with Chad Hoover a couple of weeks before. And as we were carting through my, my spot, I hit a little root of a tree and my kayak went like this and broke my frog rod. Um, so, yeah, so I didn't have a frog rod for this trip. And um, so I was, oh, one of my other tips, you need to throw a break. I was just going to ask that, but yeah. yes, that was going to be my next question. When so you're talking I, about a 13-pound fish is what, what your tackle is. But yeah. we'll, we can so get I had 17-pound fluoro on, I was using my chatterbait, my chatterbait rod, and I had 17-pound fluoro on this one. Um, and I was, but I had a, a frog tied up to it. So I threw that out and I was like, just soon as again, those bass went over here. As soon as I caught him, he went up in that spatter and the spatter dock stalks are like this thick around They're they're healthy. <laughs> and I'm just going, please don't break. Please don't break. Oh, no, no, no. And I'm like trying to like, you know, work him out of the, work him out of there. And Wayne's just like, you know, like he, he's literally like right behind me because it's a, a really narrow section. Um, that's probably like six foot wide, like we were going to, 
And um, so, yeah, I got him out of there and that was, that was fun. And they were camping, um, him and um, some other friends of ours were camping at the launch that we were at. It's a, it's a, a regional park and they wanted to have snakeheads. That's why they were all out trying to get yeah. it. And the only one that we caught that day. So I killed it for them and let them take it. And, and Wayne took it back and he's a fantastic chef as well. Um, took it, to, took it back to the campsite and, cleaned it up and filleted it up and they ate it. So they were really happy about that. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Now when it comes to fishing for snakehead and whatnot, now I know some different States, like, you know, for certain species, like, you know, trout and whatnot, you know, there's certain harvest limits and whatnot and certain licenses, like you don't need any certain licenses for them. Do you even technically need a fishing license for snakehead still? You need a fishing license to fish, period. Yeah. Right, period. But you don't need any particular... No, you don't need a trout license or anything like that. Or anything like that. And they're not even... I mean, they're not even um, designated as a a sport or game fish or anything like that yet. I mean, we're we're pushing for that, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, We just kind of have our own little thing, like you get a double digit like that's that's a good thing um, yeah yeah so hopefully soon um you know dwr you know they're they're they love them they're big fans of them so you know mm-hmm. just hopefully down the road that we'll we'll get some some kind of acknowledgement and some kind of be able to be recognized as like a game fish um yeah, yeah. and it used to be it used to be a lot easier back in the day to, to fish for them but we have a lot of bow fishermen that come that you know around here and they'll, they'll, you could tell the next morning and, and, you know, the hydrilla, everything's all broken up and floating on the water that they were back there. Um, you know, the first area that I ever caught them <clears throat> in my, or not caught them, but went out for them in my little 10 foot Pelican. Um, you know, that, that used to be one of the best areas and it's not so good anymore. But you see, you know, pictures of them online and they got 50 on, you know, laid out on the ramp that they shot. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Huh. That's, that's a little bit of a bummer, but they're yeah. still out there. I mean, they're still out there. I mean, they're they they. If you just see how big their row is, their row is like this big, like two big sacks of that, and um, you know, so you know, majority of those I'm sure will survive uh, more than probably any of the other species. Um, mm-hmm. And they they grow really fast, and they, you know, um, so there's and then and they do it twice a year. So they just will probably move to other areas. Um, like I said, they like to go up as high as they can go to get away from any of that stuff. So, sure. Yeah. Yeah. And now, it makes you- a little, another thing that makes it a little bit more difficult. Like right now, the carp are, you know, dating, if you will. Carp <laughs> and bar, uh, they're really noisy. And so, you know, you, oh, yeah. you, usually when I go out there, like I think that's, you know, snakehead moving. No, it's, it's not. <laughs> so if I go out and I'm like, you know, I, I go out to Quantico and I'll fish quite a bit. And when I at the ramp and I hear them frolicking around, I'm like, oh, yeah, not going to fish there. I'm out of there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. So you're talking about the uh, the bow fishermen. So, like, do you think that's just part of just, you know, like, you know, people just doing that for like a sport type thing? Do you think people have like started up like, you know, targeting snakehead as just like competition fishing is it just for fun charters what there's charters targeting snakehead for them oh, yeah yeah yep. yeah yep unfortunately you know it, 
they've gotten a, um, a little bit better. Like some people were, you know, you'd find dead snakehead or um, bass, you know, with holes in them mm. or, or, you know, carp or gar. I'm like, if you're not going to harvest it, don't shoot it. You know, like, right. Yeah. You know, it's, it just, yeah. Um, but you know, we can't stop them yet. I mean, yet. You know, it's, it's 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 disheartening to see, you know, but sure. you know, there is still plenty of fish in the water. It's just they're they're destroying some of the good areas that people have, you know, found or enjoy fishing. Um, but it yeah. just keeps you keeps you moving, keeps you it's like you're fishing a new lake. You gotta go figure out where the fish are. Right. <laughs> um, techniques are the same. You just gotta you know, gotta gotta fish that out. So and you know, when people ask, you know, where where can we find them, we just look any of the tributaries on the Potomac because you know, it is kind of sacred where if you found a good spot, you don't want to kind of give that up because as soon as the boat oh, yeah, yeah. find it, it's, mm -hmm. you know, they're going to clean it out. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So. And uh, you mentioned um, braid, um, you know, you're running pretty good size braid, I imagine. Yeah. You know, I used to run 50 pound braid, all, you know, pretty much on every reel. Um, so I, I strictly do, you know, mono backing to braid. And then if I need fluoro, I, I run because the majority of the stuff I'm fishing is, you know, through some, um, a lot of SAB, a lot of hydrilla and pads. Um, <laughs> after I caught that double digit on 17 pound fluoro, I was like, you know what? I'm throwing on 20 pound braid. So that's what I throw. <laughs> I have not had any issues with it. Um, you know, when you catch a snakehead, um, you know, obviously it's super shallow. The hydrilla could just be a couple inches under the, the, the surface of the water. Um, once you catch that, they're they're diving down and they're death rolling in that. Mm -hmm. But you do have to have, you know, some good, healthy, you know, strong braid or thick fluoro, whatever you want to use. Just something really strong. Um, and because when you pull up a double digit snakehead, you're probably pulling up the same amount of hydrilla that's wrapped <laughs> around, your, you know, all your stuff in it, too. So yeah, you want to make sure that that you you know don't lose that, and and once you catch one, retie because you don't know what what <laughs> that at all. So. And you're, you you mentioned using your frogging rod too is a, usually like a heavy heavy action rod. Yeah, or, it looks yeah. a medium heavy. Yeah, medium my heavy. I, I, okay. yeah, that my my frog rods are are cash and medium heavy. Medium. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I don't I don't do any heavy rods. I carpal tunnel. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, so. I hear you. Yeah, sometimes you see me like I'm just holding the rod, like I can't hold it anymore. I'm just like, you know, my wrist. And... Girl, it, it's a 15 minute procedure now wow. to get that fixed. Oh, I know, but <laughs> I was supposed to get it done February 21st. I was all set to go, and I waited all day the day before to to have my um to, for them to call me for my my time. I had I've had this one my right side done. Mm -hmm. Didn't go very well. Um, oh. I still have the issues. So oh, I went to an actual hand, a guy that like a lot of people I know have gotten it through him, but he's an actual hand surgeon. Um, so he would do like a mini open. So a little mm -hmm. topic and then just here, not all the way up in my hand. Yeah. And so, yeah, I was supposed to go last year at a tournament pop up. So I had to cancel I like, <laughs> oh, I'll do it in the fall and then work got in the way. And then, so I had it for February 21st of this year. And then um, I waited for them to call me the day before with my time and 
Um, I didn't hear back by like 2.30 p.m. So I called them and they're like, oh, no, it's March 21st. So I was like, well, never mind, because that's when that's pre-spawn. And so I'm just going to have to wait the winter. So. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. It, it it's took like cooking season or work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. It took me longer of waiting around and for them to take me back into the room than the actual procedure. But yeah, yeah just a quick little incision, like right there. And then, yeah. yeah. I had immediate relief, like after yeah. the numbing wore off. Yeah. It was awesome. I, totally. I, yeah, I'm excited to do it this way. Like, he just did the the small one on this one, a different doctor. And mm-hmm. I had relief, like, for a little while after. But, like, I can't hold a spinning reel very long. Like, that's oh, what I guess yeah. like, I'm doing starting that, to get it in my other like, hand, my though. Shoulder. Mm, yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, I throw, you know, mostly baitcasters. And I, you know, right hand baitcaster, but when I'm holding it, I'm going to palming the reel. Um, you know, just that, that motion like this is trying to hold it like that. You know, just, I'm like all the time you'll see me like shaking it out or yep. like that, like that. Yeah. Just doing that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was so glad when I got all that done. Cause like I was going to have my shoulder surgery <clears throat> last year and I was like, well, might as well get everything else done. So yeah, I'm glad I did. I know. And Amanda Brandon, one of the founders yeah. of Women's Fishing Federation, she just had some pretty crazy uh, you know, yes. surgery going on. So, yeah. Yeah. Crazy. She's been having issues with that for a while. But. Yep, yep, yep. But yeah, and I had tennis elbow, like, a lot for last year, I think. Oh. And I, was, I think it was, like, last year. And I was like, I don't even play tennis. I fish. <laughs> it's like a common um, thing when it comes it to, like, fishing is tennis elbow. Yeah. Yeah. Just so. that repetitive cast motion. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It was, yep. it was brutal. I hated that. <laughs> We're all falling angry. apart. Getting I know. Sucks. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> oh, oh, boy. But... Oh, that's awesome. Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience. Brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts. Every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. The destination for outdoor entertainment. Um, so, Sean, you live in the area. Have you never caught a snakehead? Uh, I've never. But, but, yeah, I have never. I have not yet caught one. So, um, I, I've had a few people uh, met, offer me to go down, you know, because... Uh, like I said, where where I am on Susquehanna, they they're not up. Right, right. Where are you at? at? Um, uh, York or like the okay. York, PA. Yeah. So above the the Conowingo Dam, supposedly is kind of where they're not. They haven't made it up prevalent up up past there. Yeah. Know, so, but I, I could probably drive maybe forty minutes south and be in areas where I could catch them. I yeah. just haven't. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, done hit me up anytime. I'm happy to take you out. Okay, man, yeah. I'm, I'll have to take you up on that sometime. Yeah. So I appreciate that offer. So I love getting people. I mean, I don't even need to fish when I go out. I'm just happy to like, you know, see that excitement when someone gets one. So. Oh yeah. <laughs> we. I, I, was yeah telling, I like to watch them score. I'm like, what do I do next? <laughs> I was. I was telling Susie. I was hoping to catch one when when we went down to uh, the Chesapeake for that uh, to the bay for that okay, tournament. Yeah. One of I think one other person caught one but didn't get it landed like he it came off as he was going to net it but he was saying it he's like it wouldn't even fit on my catch board you know it, it was just <laughs> yeah. huge yeah. i was like oh that's, that's awesome. a dragon then that's a yeah, dragon. yeah. Yes. well if it looks just 
If it's the catch carbonate, which is yeah, it's thirty-three inches or something. Yeah. Like so. Yeah. But yeah. Very cool. So. Yeah. Well, super fun. Yeah. Well, um, uh, so thanks so much for coming on. We wanted to give you a chance to shout out um, your social media, like where folks can find you. Um, I'll definitely include links to the uh, the Northern Snakehead groups and the uh, and the um, the recipes group, if that's cool with oh, you. Yeah. Um, but. But if anybody wants to follow along with you specifically, uh, where can they find you? It's Scylla Johnson Fishing. <clears throat> Excuse me, it's uh, C-I-L-L-A Johnson. My name is Priscilla. Just people would call me Patricia or everything else, Petunia. <laughs> so I just kind of shorten it. <laughs> so we got Scylla Johnson Fishing um, is, you know, pretty much all my social media, it's easy. Um, yep, and I, I, you know, fish a lot of the national trails here and there um obviously work with Susie a lot with wff um and we have a exciting um event going on again this year last year we were in lake fork texas the year before when i got to meet Susie in person was lacrosse wisconsin from this city. Yes. So that was um sponsors uh dugout bait and tackle whoop, whoop. Um, Jackson kayaks, obviously super, super fun, uh, folks. I, uh, just signed this year with pure fishing, uh, representing Abu Garcia, Plano and Berkeley. Um, also with, um, Torquedo, love my Torquedo. Um, Yak Attack, Rogue Gear used to be, um, Rogue Fishing. We are now Rogue Gear. So awesome, uh, phone tethers, uh, cash and rods, Z-Man. Uh, real snot, power pole. That's a nice. good list. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Impressive. Yeah, thanks. Awesome. I should have just looked at my shirt. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, well, Susie, yeah, you anybody, have a you know, out there is listening and you guys, you know, want to, if you're going to be in the area, you know, DC, Maryland, Virginia, and you guys are interested, like, feel free to hit me up on social media. I'm happy to take you guys out. Don't go pay for charters or whatever. I'm happy to take you out. <laughs> I get, I get a, I get a kick out of getting people on their first naked. So. Awesome. Very, very cool. Yeah. Well, so, um, Susie, did you have any other questions? I don't think so. Yeah, that uh, pretty much covered it all. Awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, so thanks so much for coming on. Uh, we totally yeah. appreciate it. Uh, I'm definitely pumped to go try that now. Uh, I just got to <laughs> stop making excuses and actually get down there. Let's and do it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Next month, I'll be garden fry. We can get on them. <laughs> all right. All right. So Perfect. thanks, guys, for having me on. This is a lot of fun. Susie, go get it tomorrow. Yeah. 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 Good luck tomorrow. Susie. That's all right. Once. And, and awesome. gonna, I should have got you played me some Elton John on that piano. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Our other side, yeah. <laughs> we'll send tomorrow. Perfect. All right, guys. Alrighty, guys. Again. Yes, yeah. thank you. Uh, thanks for tuning in, guys, to another episode of uh, uh, Bass Fishing for Noobs here on the Paddle and Fin Podcast, where we bring you the techniques, the tricks, and the tips to help you rip more lips. You guys have a good night. Have a good night. Bye.
join me, Chef Jean-Paul Bourgeois, and the whole crew here at Duck Camp Dinners every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. Through the Blackwater bayous and in the dark Louisiana night floats a duck camp alive with the sounds of swamp pop and the smells of Cajun cooking. Mississippi Delta in Venice to the Cajun prairies of the Southwest. Me and the Duck Camp Dinners crew will be hunting and eating it all. This is Duck Camp Dinner. Join me, Chef Jean-Paul Bourgeois, and the whole crew every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.